I'm going to welcome Don Nichols up here. Um, about three years ago, when a group of us started this community called Hope Knoxville, uh, I was living in Fourth and Gale, and we met this wonderful family that lived just a block down the street. Um, and that was Dawn and her husband, Lynn, and they have a bunch of awesome kids, two of which are here, Anna and Andrew. Um, but they were gracious enough to open their home to us and allow us in those early months to gather in their home. And that was our first uh, microchurch through Hope Knoxville. And so um, I always knew that we would have a relationship going forward. Um, they're incredibly gifted uh, and, and um, just a couple that loves Jesus and loves people. And, and I was super excited when a few months ago they agreed uh, to come jump in here with Commonwealth. And uh, real pretty much right away, Aaron and I are like, hey, we're going to get Dawn to do some teaching because she's super gifted. Um, and she graciously agreed. So she's going to share with us a little bit tonight, but I wanted to introduce her because uh, I think a number of you don't know her. So would you give Dawn a hand and she's going to lead us in the Word. Thank you, Thank you so much. Uh, I love God's Word. I'd love to talk about it. So it's just a real joy to be here and to talk about God as our everlasting Father. So uh, I got to thinking about what the Lord might want to have me say, and we were, a couple months ago, we were hiking in the Smokies, and uh, we started discussing on this hike what we liked better, the Rocky Mountains or the Smoky Mountains, and what were the differences, and I have a daughter who grew up here and hiking the Smokies, and now is in Colorado and has hiked the Rockies a lot, and so I asked her, you know, which one do you like better, and she said, gosh, I, I really can't imagine a world without both of them. I love them both so much. And I thought about that as we were walking along and uh, in light of needing to come up with something that the Lord would have me share with you. And it just kind of hit me that I can't imagine um, a world without God as both big and large and also intimate and personal um, to me. So I want to talk tonight just about um, God's nature is really both of those things. Uh, like the Rocky Mountains, God is spectacular. Uh, when I see the Rockies, I'm reminded of His power and His sovereignty and His all-knowing nature because they're big. You know, they're barren. You, you get the whole time you're hiking, you can see vistas miles and miles away. It's just grand. You know, it's just grand. But when I look at the Smokies, um, the canopy of all that foliage, all the green, really reminds me of how God is also protective and He's near. And uh, you get these vistas, these big views every once in a while. But a lot of it's just, you know, plodding through the forest and and day by day, you know. Um, so Isaiah said it this way: His name is Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God. And a couple of weeks ago, we got to hear Aaron and Heather really share about God as big like that, wonderful, awesome, mighty. Um, so to, but tonight, I'm going to share about God as Everlasting Father, and then Charlie's going to cover Prince of Peace. Um, as a community, I think we're exploring Jesus' birth in the context of who God is so we can draw near to Him. That's the purpose. It's not just to talk about the names. All four of the names aim to build on this picture of Jesus so we can know Him and enter into His presence. So, in the beginning, 
was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He, Jesus, was there in the beginning. It's really hard to imagine that Jesus was there at the creation, but we know that. And that's part of him being the everlasting father is to understand that he has been there all along. Everything in creation that was made was made through him. God, the creator, fathered the world when he founded its foundations. And somehow this person we know historically as Jesus was there with them. Many of us have had moments of awe and wonder in the wilderness, haven't we? Uh, Raise your hand if you prefer the mountains or the beach. The mountains first. Okay, what about the beach? Um, They both really remind us of how awesome God is, don't they? So the whole universe demonstrates his majesty from the smallest bit of DNA to the biggest nebula in the farthest galaxy. Psalm 18 says it this way, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. It shouldn't surprise us that God speaks to us when we get out in the nature. Bringing his creation, being in it, helps us connect to our creator. When I was in middle school um, at a Smoky Mountain camp, I remember looking up the stars and realizing how big God was and how small I am. Then in high school, I saw a Rocky Mountain starry sky and asked what seemed like a really far off God to somehow come into my life, somehow make himself known to me. Um, it started with just a hope. He still seemed really far off, but I thought somehow over time I could get to know him and that he would reveal himself to me. I still have moments when I realize my heavenly father is the king of kings. You know, he's big, but I also have moments where it's just me, his daughter with my daddy. So how has God shown you his grandeur? When was the last time a lit up sky or a sunset made you want to clap at God? Because he's so amazing. Jesus teaches us to worship and pray, Our Father in heaven, great is your name. Hallowed. When we feel small, usually it's because our eyes are on our big problems, big in quotes, big problems, and not on our bigger God. Worship reminds us that God's arms are long enough to redeem our failures and creative, creative enough to help us find a solution. It's not that our problems are so big. It's that our view of God is often so small. What mighty work would you like for him to do for you in 2023? I know a lot of us think about the new year and the new year's resolutions as it comes up. Your heavenly father's arms are big enough and able enough for whatever you need in 2023. God is timeless, eternal, which means his everlasting arms span time. He knows what baggage in your past burdens you today. He knows your future. He was, he is, and he is to come. He worked yesterday, he's working today, and he's going to work tomorrow to do what's best for you. We can take 2023 on our own and do things our way, or we can walk it out with him. We can panic and worry, or we can trust and look up. It's a daily choice, isn't it? Think about when you were a child. Naturally, when you grow up physically, you become more independent, right? You get to move out of your parents' house and start your own life. That's the opposite of being a child of God. Jesus teaches spiritual maturity means becoming like a little child. 
it's growing more reliant on God and less independent and more concerned about what he wants and not about what we want. How hard is it for you just to trust your Heavenly Father each day? How big do you believe his arms really are? He is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. He is with us now and will be present in our every tomorrow until he brings us to our heavenly home. Eternal life. Uh, What does Jesus teach about it? Well, Jesus said, In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may also be. You see God's arms stretch into eternity and invite you to join him there. I was with my earthly father during his last minutes. There was such a peace and a grief when I saw him slip away. I try not to say I lost my dad four years ago because I know where he is. He's in his heavenly home with his heavenly father. Maybe the holidays remind you of someone you love who's not here. Life doesn't end here because there is life there. In John 10.10, Jesus says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. Do you feel secure in his hands? Because embedded in the manger, like a blanket around Jesus, is the hope of eternity. His arms are big enough to bring you there. God has big arms. So secondly, I want to talk about God's open arms. Um, wherever you are spiritually, there's an invitation to come closer. Some days we get stuck in this feeling that God is like the Rockies. There is far, the view is big, you know, he's far off. A difficult relationship with your earthly father can definitely hinder seeing God up close and personal. So I want to acknowledge that. Some of us just need to flat out discard the image we get from the word father and get a whole fresh perspective. All of us could benefit from thinking through how God is similar and different from the people who raised us. Past experiences can certainly distort our vision of who God really is. I heard a podcast recently that mentioned Hitler, Stalin, and Freud, and how all three of them had a horrible relationship with their father. I thought that was interesting. Maybe your father was absent physically or emotionally. God is always present and fully aware. He protects, cares for, and trains his children only for their good. His mercies are new every morning, and he is faithful. Maybe your earthly father was physically abusive or verbally abusive. Maybe he had high expectations and was harsh and critical. Your heavenly father speaks encouragement and kindness over you. He builds up what others have torn down. When you reflect on your own experiences with your dad, was he present? Did he provide? Did he care for you? Even if your dad was great, Get ready, because your Heavenly Father is even better. With open arms, God invites us to call Him this term, Abba. I don't know if you've heard it, but there's several uses of it in Scripture. Romans 8.15 is one of my favorites. It says, For you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters who cry, Abba, Father. 
father sounds so formal, um, but Abba translates more like daddy. Abba cares. God sees what hurts and comes into the pain with healing. Life on planet Earth is hard. Lots of situations can cause soul wounds. His open arms wrap around us and draw us in. Psalm 34, 8 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those crushed in spirit. What a promise that is. God's nearness in our brokenness. The arms of the Father are big enough for our questions and open enough for us to bring them to Him. They are tender enough to care and to answer. Abba also loves unconditionally. I love my kids just because they're my kids. If you have children, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, there are ways I want them to behave, but even if they don't, my love remains fixed. God's grace is His capacity to love us when we are at our very worst. If you are in Christ, you are a child of God. Every person is created in God's image. Every person is created in God's image. But being a part of His family, that's special. There is a general grace God extends to everybody, but to those who believe he adopts into his family, treats as his own children, and gives his indwelling Holy Spirit. John 1 explains adoption into his family, as well as Jesus' birth like this. The true light that gives light to everyone is coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We enter into this relationship through faith. As sons and daughters, we grow closer when we seek him in his word, the Bible, and to talk to him in prayer and listen to him. The family of God, your sisters and brothers in Christ and here, they can be a huge blessing. But the family of God can also be pretty messy. So please remember, the messiness comes from us. It doesn't come from the Father. So if you've been hurt by the church, know that God is not like that. That was not from God. According to Corinthians, God's idea of brotherhood and sisterhood is this. If one of us suffers, we all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice. That's what we aim to be like in the microchurch and part of what the name Commonwealth really encompasses. Our identity changes when we become followers of Jesus. We are one with Him and we are empowered by His Spirit. We are known and loved by the Father. How much do you see yourself as a beloved child and part of His family? This iconic verse explains how God sees you. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting, eternal life. For God did not send a son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Some of us can pinpoint a very specific time uh, in our lives when we believe, but lots of us, it's a process, it's a journey, it's a series of events and a series of revelations from God. We're all still working out our faith wherever we are on that spectrum. The Bible is a map into God's true character. I recently heard a speaker say, and it's just stuck with me, this was last summer, um, God is all that the Bible reveals him to be, but he is certainly more than that. 
I can tell you about the Smokies and the Rockies, and I can even give you the map of those places. But that's completely different than you exploring it yourself. In the same way, I pray you would explore God through this time of contemplation, communion, and worship. Reflect on his big arms, Almighty God. Reflect on his open arms, Abba, Daddy. Which do you need more right now? He can be known as both Almighty and Abba because Jesus has made the Father known to us. Not everyone's going to feel comfortable with communion, but if you do, I want to invite you. We're going to have a time of worship and prayer, and the tables are on either side of me. I'm at any point in that time, if you consider yourself a child of God, or if you want to press into Jesus and know more about Him, um, if He seems far off or if He seems close today, I invite you to the table. Come, press into Him, have communion, celebrate Him in this time of worship. God, thank you so much that you are everlasting, Father, that you are with us, and yet there's so much more of you to explore and know and experience. So we invite you to come to us. We invite you, please, Lord, come meet us where we are today and the needs that we have. Once in Jesus' name I pray, amen. John, thank you so much for leading us through that. That was great. I loved um, just the invitation to not just know things about God, but to actually experience God. You know, he is there as a father waiting to embrace us. Um, and uh, I just think that's so cool. You have obviously experienced that and experienced that often. It's so clear as you speak about the Father, that you know the Father deeply. So thank you. <laughs>